Welcome back to the Age Gap Realness Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Torkman, and we've got Brandon Dawson in the house. Are you really going to start the show off calling what? yourself Natalie I like I like Natalie Torkman. <laughs> Maybe that's my alter ego. Uh, I am Brandon Dawson. I was going to say something funny, but there wasn't anything funny. Wait, your glasses are fogging up. My glasses are fogging up already. Why are your glasses I don't know. That's crazy. All right. Well, All right. Okay. While, while it's he's getting doing hot that, in here. Does that mean take off all your clothes? Your shirt is already untucked, so you could just take it off it's, real easy. It's actually uh, warm in here. Like somebody turned all the air off. You know, I don't think it's warm. This is the perfect temperature, but if I'm the perfect temperature, I know for sure you're sweating it up. All right. Sweating it. We're excited about this show. Because we just have so much to catch up on. We've been gone for almost three weeks now. Yeah. Three weeks. We All started in Los Angeles. We were in LA for a few days, and then we headed over to Sydney, Australia. Huge bucket list item. I have loved Sydney and the idea of Sydney since I was like a young, young girl. As I talked about on my Instagram stories, the Finding Nemo piece of Sydney, Australia was just like such a draw for me. And actually being there and seeing all of it, I really wanted to see Nemo, but it didn't end up happening. Let's start with, uh, you know, I've always wanted to go too, but I was afraid of the fifteen hours. Wait, do you of know? Do you know? Do you know who Nemo is? The little blue fish. He's not blue, baby. He's orange. Oh, the orange fish. Blue is Dory. <clears throat> okay. Dory's his bestie. Was Dory there too? Dor- well, I didn't see either Dory. I didn't see Dory or Nemo. Is that going to be the topic of the show? No, no, no. But I just wanted you to say, like, I was so excited. I already said I'm so so excited to talk about so many things. So we were, okay. went from Los Angeles to Sydney. We were in Sydney for about five days, and then we came back to Los Angeles. We were in Los Angeles for about four or five days, and we got back just last night. What did I make you do last night? What were <sighs> you very irritated about last night? You made me unpack. I just wanted to leave my stuff and not touch it for a night. This is my thing. When As soon as we land anywhere, I have to get everything out of the suitcase and put the dirty clothes where they're supposed to go, the hung up clothes where they're supposed to go, and I just don't want clutter and stuff everywhere. And he told me last night, he's like, babe, I'm not doing this. I will not do it. So my trick is I just, un- I just open up a suitcase. Alert, alert. And I started putting his stuff away while he was still in the closet like, don't with me. don't touch my stuff. He doesn't want me to touch his stuff because I started putting the dry cleaning in the what's in the cleaning? regular wash pile, and so he ended up unpacking. And now, aren't you proud of yourself? <clears throat> yep. And everyone knows now that you manipulated me. I don't think it's manipulation. I think it's strategy. All right. So let's talk about. Let's go back <laughs> to the basics here. So we were all excited about going to Sydney. Oh yes. Let's let's talk about Sydney. Yeah. And and. The one thing I always freaked out about was, oh, it's like 15 hours of mm-hmm. flight time. So our flight left at 10.30, which actually was a perfect flight. 10.30 p.m. Because didn't we do dinner or something just before we left with some friends? We had so, uh, no, we didn't do dinner. We had some turkey sandwiches oh. in the airport. Just the well, two of us. Am, any, I, am I a friend? Cause you're, you, of course, my friend. But it was a great time to leave friends. because we left the hotel and went straight to the airport. Yep. And um, And... Literally, we took off. I watched a movie. It was like a three-hour movie, Avengers or something, and then fell asleep. And then you woke me up as we were landing in Sydney. I slept twelve, almost 11 and a half, 12 hours. You I never sleep that long. all of his sleep. Normally, you <laughs> never sleep so that long. Good. So we landed, and it was 6.30 in the morning. 
Sydney time. I still like my tip for traveling would be just don't pay attention to what time it is. I have to immediately, as soon as I land somewhere, like my phone time has to update and my uh, iPad time has to update. Because if it if I'm constantly reminded of the time, it like throws me into this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's 4 p.m. in Portland when it's 6 a.m. here. Like it just it throws me. But if I can't, I don't think about it and I just go and we're just doing our thing. You're the best at it. You are the master. Yeah, I don't feel like I I don't. I don't know, maybe as we travel so much, I just don't feel like there's really an adjustment. I land whatever time it is, it is. and This might be one of my favorite things about you. I love that you just go. Like, you you don't let that be an excuse. You don't let anything be an excuse for why you can't just go and make it happen. I get much more tired. I get much more low in energy, and I need to, like, recharge. But you could just, like, go all the time. I mean, doesn't matter what time home. it is. I mean, same thing We landed at home at 6.30 in the morning. Yes. I took a nap. Yeah, we well, we checked into the hotel – uh, the beautiful Beverly Wilshire. Magical. And, uh, Very special place to us. Fortunately, it would have sucked if they didn't have a room for us. So they fortunately, they had a room. room at like 7.30 in the morning. Yep. And we went up and laid down for a couple hours. and, and I laid down a couple hours more than you did. Yeah, a couple hours all I needed, and it was great. It's ridiculous. It, like I feel like I have no stamina compared to him, and yet I'm the young one. <laughs> What's up with that? Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm fine being used to that. But let's talk about Australia for it. So, so it was. It's winter there. It's winter there, but it feels like it was the most perfect it, fall days yeah, in Portland. It, we got in really the, lucky. The, everyone's like cold and has jackets on, and we're like, this is absolutely stunning. It was so gorgeous. And we we got in, and, and for us, we saw yeah, Bondi the, Beach the very first like couple uh, we have hours. We were really there. dear friends there, that amazing are friends people that took and they us took to us the to, best spot. In fact, called, they changed it's called their icebergs. Icebergs. They changed their travel plans and everything just so they could take. They us stayed to a day lunch. late. It was so yeah. sweet. Uh, so we had lunch. We saw Bondi Beach. We stayed in an area called Double Bay, which was. But by the way, if anybody goes there and you don't want to stay in town, Double mm-hmm. Bay was amazing. We loved Double Bay. I would go back there a hundred times over. And, and the eat hotel was... at Sake. We ate yeah. there three nights in a row. The fried rice is <laughs> insanity. I wish we were still there. And double the Double Bay Hotel. I mean for. $250, $300 a night. We got a gorgeous room. Uh, it wasn't very expensive, which I, that's the one thing. The hotel rooms were didn't nice. seem uh, expensive there for how nice the hotels were. But we also went to the Park Hyatt, the Sydney Park Hyatt, and I think we would stay there. We would try that because we had lunch there and it was yeah. amazing. So let's talk about why we were there. We had over 500 business owners there for the Grant Cardone 10X Business Boot Camp first ever Sydney, Australia. Two thousand. I'm waving the 10X flag for all of you audio listeners. Yes. You want to wave the flag? What did you learn in you Sydney? Bippity boppity boo. What did you? What did oh, you? Sass. Oh, he just hit you? me with the 10X flag. <laughs> all right. In front of us, I have our workbooks from the boot camp, the business boot camp, and the overall. Theme. It's a little bit different than the one that we have in Miami that Brandon has spoke at the last few times uh, because it was a two-day boot camp, and I liked that pace. It was a different feel. Uh, but the very first we thing gave that we three talked days about, of value in two days. Oh, for sure. Gave him <laughs> maybe gave him a, a, a lifetime of value. Of value That's in one two thing days. I love about Grant. Grant Grant doesn't ever want to underdeliver, so he's like, okay, let's take the 
the three-day uh, – he basically took the three-day workbook and took my two-day program and said, we're going to condense all this into a two-day program. And it was awesome. <laughs> Everybody freaking loved it. Yeah. Um, but to give you guys an idea, the morning opens up talking about money and how to change your mindset around money so that your business – not only your business, but so that your team members, so that your family members, so that your friends – also start thinking differently about money. And he's very passionate about like, first it starts with you, but then everybody else's condition around you should become more positive, should become better because you yourself have changed your philosophies around what abundance can look like. What's that belief, operational effectiveness and leadership? The higher you believe, the higher you achieve. So what he's doing is, is, is people have so many deep-rooted misconceptions about money. But before we get into all that, I just want to say, I don't think I've ever, maybe Italy, traveled somewhere where every person I met was like so friendly, so uh, interesting, mm. so they dress nice. Sharp. They dress sharp. They, they're they friendly. They're communicative. Like even the Uber guys, like everyone that was there was amazing. I, on a personal basis, I loved Australia. I thought the the views were stunning, the city, everything was clean, and the people were remarkable. I agree. In yeah. general. And I would I would say anybody who's put off going there, you should just do it. And I would want to visit other places while we were there. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to do that. But fortunately, we had so much success with the boot camp um, that we're going to go back. And, and instead of 500 businesses, I am – I'll dime to dollar. So – that's Dime a 10 to 1 bet. That means okay. I will bet you a dollar mm-hmm. that we have a thousand people there. And if I'm if I'm right, you only owe me a dime. So that's a dime to a dollar. Okay. So is that a good bet? Yeah, it's like a 10x. It's like a, a 10x bet. Should I take the bet? You should always take the bet. Well, Especially I if I'm giving you odds. If I'm giving you odds like that, you should almost always take the bet. Okay. Well, sounds great. Are we shaking on it? Knuckles. I didn't explode. Do it one more time. Bam. I forget the explosion piece. It's just like, I'm just a hitter. So should we talk about the 42 phone calls we got this morning about all our furniture potentially getting lifted off the balcony in Miami? I'm like confused because you wanted to talk about Sydney. And then you, when I was talking I know, about Sydney, the- then you wanted to, to talk about the boot camp. So I got into the boot camp stuff. And then as soon as I got back into the boot camp stuff, you're talking about Sydney. And now well, you want to talk about our furniture. there's a hurricane coming through and- Miami. And I just, uh, you know, we got like 12 calls this morning saying we need to get our furniture. Can we go through some of the boot camp stuff and our top takeaways yeah, from I'm just what we learned? Showing, I'm just showing the audience how my ADD works. This is a prime example of how his ADD works. But we love him for it. It's so anyway, the bo- the boot camp. So it starts. The boot camp starts with talking about money and finances, and then it gets broken down into the sales process, which is something that is so fascinating to me. I have said this to you on a number of occasions. I wish that when I was a lot younger, I would have had to do door to door sales. Are you fading on me right now? No, it's just really hot. In here. Do you want some water? No, I just it's on here. Why don't you put like put this on your temples? I'm okay. Or your, your wrists. Put on, try process. putting it on your wrists. That'll okay. put, put your body temperature down. Yeah, yeah. Move the don't be a little bitch thing. And I'm sweaty. I can tell you're sweaty. I don't know what to do about it. The show must go on, my love. All right. So, so anyway, back to the sales, sales process. Thing. So I wish that I would have had a door-to-door sales role. And 
you know, I guess in some ways I, I probably still could, but there's something about having formalized sales training that it sounds silly, it sounds scary, you don't wanna do it, you don't think you need to do it, and yet you do, and everything in life is sales, and I love how they do the sales training, um, the sales training and talking through the sales cycle and which is the most important part, and even talking about how to be on the phone and get sales. And the the main thing that I learn is it's it's not about closing ratio. It's not about making sure that you're the most effective at making a sale. It's how do you get enough people so that your whole business, your whole income isn't just dependent upon the one sale and perfecting the one pitch. It's get in front of so many people that you can have no's, but you will also have yeses because everybody knows you and you, everybody knows your product. Like it's just such a different way of thinking. And I even watched that um, Jordan Belfort, uh, Grant Cardone interview right after I watched this sales thing. And it just, for me, it solidified what I learned here about it's not your body language and it's not saying exactly the right words that make you a successful salesperson. Those things are great and you can use those things, but part of it is just getting in front of sheer well, amount I think, a, a number of people. Yeah, I think I think it's those things that get developed after being in front of a sheer number of people because if you're actually a really good salesperson, mm -hmm. you're paying attention or if you're if you're just if you're just anybody interested in personal development. I mean, this is why for years the word sales training, this is like people training, right? Learning new skills to better yourself so that you can be more efficient, more effective and, and more successful. And the way they lay this out and Grant walks through it and the team, Jared, walks through it is, is, is effective. And most people that are sitting in that room are highly skilled people who have been very successful at doing what they're doing. The issue is they've never been able to take stuff and put it in a structure where then they can refine it and then duplicate it and then be more impactful at it. And this is the kind of, you know, it seems for a lot of people, they're like, oh, I've been to sales training. But this isn't like sales training. This is process and sales training. It's like the whole process of building your system so that you can become more more effective, more efficient. But I think to Grant's point, and Hector used to say this all the time too, like if you're sitting around trying to dial in your approach, but you're not doing a lot of volume, mm -hmm. you're actually not going to learn mm -hmm. because it's repetitiveness, right? It's awareness and repetitiveness. And if you're not saying the right things, you're not getting the right results. And what Grant's saying is you need so much of the activity and then you need to refine your process and you need to get really good at it. Otherwise, you can't teach people how to do it. Mm. Another thing that he said that really caught my attention uh, was you sell how you buy. So in your own mind, if you have certain thresholds or you're scared about the money, you will sell somebody the exact same way that the patterns that you have in, ingrained in your head are when you buy something. And so that can prevent you as a salesperson from being able to close bigger deals because you yourself are scared of making bigger purchases. Like that like totally changed my perspective on rethinking how how do I buy things? What mentality do I come with? I always I've always loved things on sale. Like you know this about me. I it's not a matter of not being able to pay full price for a $50 shirt. I will be so much happier with the shirt if it's $40 
but it was originally 50. And so if that's my mentality about money, that's also how I'm going to be when I'm offering a sale to somebody. Yeah, I mean, it was, we were sitting there on the back patio yesterday and he was talking to Rich the Kid. Rich the Kid and the other gentleman, I'll think of his name in a minute. Um, a couple rappers that are making a lot of money and doing really well. And he talked about scared money and he mm-hmm. talked about bored money. He said scared money is bitch money. Scared money is bitch money. <laughs> and bored money is dangerous because it gets spent on things that don't add value. And and that conversation should be a podcast in and of itself. That uh, was gold. Uh, Can we talk about that on the next podcast? Yeah, let's 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 remember to do that because okay. it was really that a was good conversation, an insane conversation. I learned but, so I mean, much the, in that one. To your point, though, the whole concept about the whole concept and relationship to money, mm. I think, is what you are. You sell how you buy. You sell, yeah. and you you teach me this all the time, but you do it so naturally that I don't pick up like these little blurbs. Like you're not telling me this is what I'm doing. You're just showing me and through osmosis. I do a lot of things you like, like you. You mean like getting you to unpack my suitcase. And you're amazing <laughs> at it. You're amazing at what you do. You can sell. I don't know anybody who can sell like you can because you just you do it in such a natural and relationship-based way. And you're just ruthless with selling. Like you just. Well, like, because I don't sell. I mean, I'm. I, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm trying to you convince show people, people to make an opportunity a, a choice that will better their that position. That will change their whole lives. If they can't see that, then I'm, I'm moving on, and it's the reason they're stuck in the first place. 100%. Yeah. But listening to him say and have my own mindset change about, okay, well, how should I be buying things? How should I look at my own spending habits so that when I'm in the process, I, I was closing somebody at that event for uh, a $50,000 package, and I was like, okay, how, how can I come about this as if I was buying this instead of, well, but what, what deal can I get? Like, was it 75,000 and now it's 50 because that's my own spending process? Yeah. That makes sense. Why are you looking at me with a dead <laughs> stare? <laughs> it was an eye opener for me. I like, I really like, I watch you, you take little things away from these events that you can apply to so many different scenarios. I, it's true. And, and the, so and I applied it like look, immediately afterwards. Well, you're paying attention. Like you have a whole, you have all these notes. Like you never take this many notes when you listen to me. If if you had maybe a couple of years ago, you would have sold something for more money. That is such. I, <laughs> but see, this is the thing, guys. I was always scared to put myself in a position to sell something. I you were in the back of the room. I think you wrote like seven hundred thousand dollars in orders for stuff because you were the you were the one that I was sending people to. But that's always scared me, and and, and yeah. being around this stuff and practicing this and listening. To, listening and watching to you, but then also having the understanding and the framework of what's holding me back. And I think that's the magic of these events. That's why people, if you are in Miami or you aren't in Miami, people should be coming to this next one that we're holding in the States. It's the last one this year. Yeah, it's October. October uh, 25th, 26th, and 27th. So it's a three-day event. And like, if without the framework for understanding why you're making the decisions that you're making, you don't know how to fix it. You just you just have yeah. these limitations, even if you're around the best. You're I feel like I'm around more, the best 24-7. You're going to learn more uh, going to a two-day program or a three-day program doing this if you're in business, and you're going to learn in your whole college education. 100%. Because this is all practical it fits into the business. It's woven into the process. It's structured by people who have been incredibly successful and made so much money in their career. It's like learning from people who who it's just intuitive and they're able to walk you through it and then show you how to apply it. And then, and, and you know, it's just, to me, 
getting the opportunity to be around all these business owners. Game changer. It's a, I love it. And it keeps me on my, sh- on my toes too, because. On my, your sh- on shins? My, I was going to say my shoes. <laughs> keeps you on your shoes. Keeps me standing upright. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when you're talking about the relationship between how you feel about money and then other people, you can see it when people say, because this happened in a couple of conversations and see, you've put yourself in a position now, but I was standing next to you and someone's like, here's all my problems with my business. Here's the opportunity I see in front of me that I can't get. And they spend 20 minutes and I want to tell you my story and blah, 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 blah. And you go, oh, well, there's three technical things that you need to do to fix that. Mm. And if you fix these three technical things, you will probably grow bigger than you've ever grown before. And they're like, what are the three things? Well, that's like, I can't tell you three, the three things in 10 minutes. Like it's, it's going to take you, you know, two or three days of understanding, breaking it down, building it back up and then understanding and weaving it back into your business. And then they're like, uh, but, but how do I know I'm going to actually be able to do that? And, and then the follow-up question I have is, well, who are you, are you going to trust the same person that you haven't been able to do it with, which Mm -hmm. has been yourself. Mm -hmm. And you obviously haven't been good at picking anybody else that's been able to show you how to do it. Mm -hmm. So now you're standing in front of somebody who just identified three things that are in your way of, and and you're you're afraid to make a decision, which in itself is why you're not making a decision because you just keep going back to the comfort or complacency. But you sit and listen to these conversations of people who are like wanting to explain all their issues. They they just want to be heard instead of actually asking a question or wanting to solve the, solve problem. the problem. It's just, this is my thing and I'm trying to expand, but I don't know how to and what do I do? And then you say one thing, but these are all the reasons why I can't do that. And you say another thing. These are all the reasons why I can't do that. So then finally you get to the place of Do you saying, want to fix it or not? Yeah. What is your question? Like, what are you actually asking? What What can I help you with? What can make this beneficial? And I don't want to nothing... sit and spend 20 minutes talking about your story so that I can say, that's horrible. Oh, that seems unfair. Right. Or that's so sad. Like, right. do you want to fix the problem? Do Let's you not want to fix the problem? And I think you're learning to, the point in that conversation was, you're the more you're having those conversations, mm-hmm. the more you're learning to not sit and go, okay, well, that sounds... You're because like, that's my personality. That's I'll just your... listen to people and ask questions because I'm 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 very good at that. I'm very nurturing. You're excellent at, at it. connecting. I'm, I'm yeah. I just I connect well with people, but that normally comes through a process of me asking a series of questions and listening instead of taking my role and flipping that to it's my responsibility to move this conversation to actually be able to help because me just listening and acknowledging doesn't do them any good. It doesn't helps do momentarily, yep. but like it needs to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, listening is important to build relationships, but then when people spend their energy and effort, and this is just a, a hint for anybody that's listening to this show, when you're spending your energy and effort continually talking about the victimization and what's wrong and how you try and it hasn't worked, and then somebody offers you a solution and you don't take advantage of it, then the whole problem with the whole situation is you're the problem. You're the problem. Yeah. But you're not the problem. What's Neither that? am I. I was just flipping it. I was just, you got into business no, I mean, brand mode there for a second. Yeah. I was just flipping you out. Well, uh, no, I, the, the point, I'm, I'm tying this back to this is the stuff you're learning because now you're in live fire. Like when you're standing there talking to all these business owners, and that's what Grant's talking about. Mm-hmm. If you only had one person to talk to, you'd sit and talk to them for an hour mm-hmm. because you'd think to yourself, oh, that's a nice person and I'm talking to them. But when there's 30 people in the back of the room mm-hmm. that are waiting for their moment because we're so busy, we can't talk to 50 people. Mm-hmm. And we have 12 or 18 minutes to do it. You're like learning to say, 
okay, now what do you want to do to fix it? What can it? I help you with? And the more you do that and find success with that, the more you'll apply that to other aspects of your life. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Grant's talking about. Like the, it's, it's, it's having the courage to do it. It's doing a lot of it and it's finding the things that work and then getting effective at it, at that interpersonal communication to move people to make a good decision. Well, this is the first time I'm talking about this on the podcast and I think it like it fits into this whole conversation. I see my role for the next few years as learning as much as I possibly can, being the best student, taking the best notes, practicing, rehearsing in order to be able to set up what is happening in Cardinal Ventures and gear it towards women business owners. And Elaine and I have had some conversations about this, but this is like we see a huge opportunity for women to know these things because a lot of men talk about being able to grow their businesses, but there are so many women who are underserved who I want to connect with, provide value to as I'm learning these things and kind of watch the evolution of how this works and then be able to apply and give that skill set back to them. Yeah, and you have uh, Elena is a great example of, of that, but you also have a lot of other really strong women in your life mm -hmm. that have been successful. No question. Yeah. And I know it's something you're passionate about. Why are you getting emotional? I'm not. Yes, you are. I see the face. Because <laughs> I'm just proud of you. I know it's something you're excited about. And passionate. It is something I'm excited about, passionate. And I, I, see, I see the culmination of where my life's experience has taken me and what the opportunity is in front of me. And it's fucking exciting. Ooh. Beep. That was from my dad. <laughs> my preacher dad. Beep. Beep. Okay. <laughs> what, let's like wrap it up with like one or two more takeaways from the event. Go for it, baby. Gosh, I did take so many good notes. If you were talking to your past self two, two years or three years ago where maybe you were a little apprehensive to throw yourself out there, what would be the couple things that you've learned that you would want to say? Because I know you have a ton of followers that are that are in that 20 to 25 range that are, you know, pushing themselves in the workplace or thinking about doing great things, what what top three things would you give them that you learned from Australia? Mm, God, that's such... That's such a great question. And I'm filling time because I have... Or I'm wasting time because I have so many things. Uh, I, I would say the first thing that I wish somebody would have taught me how to ask is when you see something that's successful, when you join an organization, when you join a team, when you're selling a product, look back at what has worked. People talk about a needs analysis, what worked, what hasn't, hasn't worked, what needs to be fixed, what's changed. Instead of looking at everything that needs to be changed and how you should do it differently, go all in on what has worked in the past and ask what has worked, like ask what has helped make, make this successful because that will help you identify two things. One, it's what you should prioritize on, like only focus on the things that are working. But two, if it if nothing's working in the team or the organization or the, with the people that you're surrounding yourselves with, get out of that and find something else that is working, that is growing, that you can double down on those actions. It will increase the confidence of your boss. It will increase the confidence of people around you because you don't have to figure things out magically by yourself. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to figure out what works and continue persistently and with discipline to do those things. Yeah, those two. You're counting me? Well, there was three things. So the first is to get good, to, to 
first I thought I heard you say it. I just want to be bold, like put yourself out there. Gosh, I Number two, be consistent. Repetitiveness refines the process. Pay attention to the process. And then the third thing is. One thing you and I used to fight about that I think is in the new world of sales is make your sales process transparent. And there's been a shift in the world today where people want to know how much something costs on the front end. And then you address the concern as you make the pitch, as you make the presentation, but not holding out the number or well, not, I think you not and publishing I, and prices. I, I think you and I feel that way. I, I, that's one like Grant will say at the beginning of a talk. My intention is. My intention is. And to we've work sat, with you. We've sat through enough meetings now with other people. Where we you go like, to a lot you of, see them soft shoe it. And, and there's like, like, what are they getting to? You, like, they're teaching you something, but you know it's leading to something. Instead of just saying, my intention is to work with you. I want to go deeper with you. I want to connect with you. I want to sell you something so that you can get into my system so that we can connect. Work together, have a relationship. Yes. Together. Instead of, here, let me tell you the three things that you should be doing better in your social media. Oh, it just happens I have a social media company. Like, it, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, it just so happened, which is why I'm the speaker. <laughs> exactly. But once you see that, once you experience it. just so it, happened I created the gold package and the diamond package and the bronze package. Brandon has just established this voice. Can you do the laugh on cue? <laughs> uh, I hate this. He does it on his stories. He does it on the I phone don't know. now. Drives me nuts. It's my little nervous laugh. Yeah, it's your nervous laugh. But on the next podcast, so I guess a couple other takeaways. One, get your ass to Miami October 25th, 6th, and 7th for the next business boot camp. It is the last one this year. There will be a couple next year, but we're scaling that back in order to do more internationally. So your chance to catch this in the U.S. while it's here is finite. So I mean, if you want to fly to Russia or Australia, yeah, you could do that too. We would love to see you you in Sydney or Russia or Dubai. But if you're in the United States and you're serious about your business or just your growth, make it to this business boot camp. It's life changer. We've I've been through this content. And I, Three or four times there's now. different levels of seating, but I mean, it's not that much money relative to the the amount of information that you get out of the. Absolutely not. I don't even like tickets. VIP tickets are five grand. Yeah, six. No, I think they range between like thirty in Australian dollars. No, no, thirty nine hundred to you know like eighty nine hundred or something. There, but there's different ranges, different prices, and but the point is just being there. Just being there. I I, I had a guy that had an eighty million dollar business. He had just never come before, and he thought, well, I'll, I just want to be there. And after that, he's coming to my three sixty program. It's like the top five things that he's been struggling with. I touched on all five things. Like you don't know who is going to touch on what. Mm-mm. And if you're not there, you're not going to have anybody touch on anything. You're just going to keep dealing with the same things you're dealing with. Over and over and over again. Second thing is tune into next week's podcast because we're going to be talking about the conversation Brandon, myself, Grant, and Rich the Kid had talking about money mindset and what a young person in their 20s should be doing with their money. So tune in next week. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.